Today's episode of the More You Know podcast features Nick Santanastazo. He is a keynote speaker, bodybuilder, and fitness model, who is a medical miracle, being one of only four alive with Hanhart's disease. Enjoy the episode. How did your parents' encouragement in your youth impact you, and why is encouraging other people important? So as parents, you know, they're cultivating their kids' mindsets through their actions, their words, the way they react to situations, the way they communicate with one another, the way they communicate on the phone. And so the way that my parents raised me from an early age was they sat me down and said, you know, you're born with no legs, one arm, and things aren't going to change. And, you know, the world's not going to stop for you or adapt to you. You've got to figure out how to do things on your own. And so, you know, it's as parents, there's a question we can all self-reflect on is, you know, are you doing too much for your kids or like that helicopter syndrome of being a parent, um, you know, telling your kids that they're the best and they're amazing. And when in reality, they have to work for that title, right? You have to work to be the best. People don't just, they're not just the best, right? And so when they get to a sport or they get in the business and they're not the best, they're like, well, mommy and daddy told me I was the best. Like, why is this not real, right? And so it's a silly false belief. Um, but the way that my parents raised me was they put my clothes in front of me and they said, you know, tinker with it, figure it out. You know, we'll give you verbal suggestions and help here and there, but most likely it's it's got to be you to do it. And so the biggest advantage they gave me was help me exercise the muscle of problem and solution. You know, they didn't give me the solution every time. They had my mind work for it. They had me think of different ways um, that I can, um, you know, accomplish these things. It'll, it might take longer. It might look a different way than normal kids, right? But at least my brain was starting to stimulate solutions at an early age. Um, that was the same thing for feeding myself, you know, put me in my high chair and said, you Nick, here, you know, here's a spoon, here's some Cheerios, figure it out. Um, and so the biggest advantage my parents gave me was they treated me normal and they always encouraged me to get back up and, and that things might take a little bit longer, Nick, and think you might, you might not do it the traditional way, but there's always a way. And so I think it's important to encourage people because Sometimes it takes a different person from a different walk of life to really break through the barrier that we have around our minds. You know, if we're listening to something with a closed mind. Also, it might take an outside person to put spotlight on something that you may think is a challenge when it's your greatest gift. You just don't see it because it's your life. Right. And so and then thirdly, the, the most important thing about encouraging other people is you're contributing. And if you want to live a fulfilled life, you need to be doing two things. You need to be growing and you need to be contributing. And so what better way to contribute than encourage people on, along the way? Could you please share a daily activity or chore that most people don't think much of that's much more of a challenge for you? Just getting around. Um, and I don't say that in like a, a negative way. I'm just saying that, um, you know, I don't use my wheelchair unless I'm in like public or in crowded places at the gym. I'm walking around. Um, and so with me walking around, you know, I'm all my all my weight is on my left arm. You know, I catapult myself and I walk around and I go up and down the stairs and we have a two story house. And, um, you know, that's just, it, it gets tolling or it gets, uh, it gets pretty like right now, like if you could see it, like my hands cut up from like walking around and stuff. Um, and that's just a simple day to day that, you know, people may not think about, you know, just walking, for example, is, um, like fit fitness for me, you know? So it's, it was, it really helped me to get in shape because it helped my quality of life. It wasn't just to look good. It was like, I want to be able to move myself around when I'm 30, 40, 50 years old, because I have to move a little bit differently. And so that also um, got my mindset into just thinking about um, what's most efficient, you know, and asking for help more, like not being, not having an ego and not want to ask for help, like ask for help. It's not weak. Um, sometimes I'll ask, you know, plug my phone. Can you plug my phone in? Because it just, 
it's quicker that way, right? Or can you open it? I, I can open this water bottle, but it's quicker if you open the water bottle for me, right? So it's like not letting that ego get involved. And so, and even in longevity, you know, it's one of my core values is longevity. And so um, with my body, if I don't have to walk, if I can get carried or if I can get pushed in a wheelchair, like I'll use it because it doesn't hurt my ego anymore. I don't think I need to be Mr. Independent. It's just like, this is better for me long-term. Did you initially get into working out because you weren't as mobile in the past? And initially, I wanted to just be in better shape. I didn't think about the longevity aspect as a kid. Um, but now I'm super grateful that it's in my life, right? Because like, it's all about longevity. Um, but majority of my life, I was an out of shape kid. So yeah, I mean, going up and down stairs, I'd be winded you know, and uh, run into my room as a, as a chubby kid that played video games all day, you know, like I would be winded. And so, yeah, just better quality of life in itself is just like keeping myself in a, in a, in a top shape because we owe it to ourselves too. You know, it's, it's crazy how we, we forget that we only get one body, bro. We only get one body and whether you like it or not, or you have legs or an arm or you have full body, like it's, it's a temple. And, um, you got to respect it, you know, and, and a lot of people trash their body. You know, I love food and we put some shitty things into ourselves, excuse my language, but um, if people just really focus on the importance of like, or, or the thought of like, I have one body and like, this is my temple and like, I will operate much more efficiently in my business and in my personal life. If I'm putting the right fuels, if I'm putting the right, like water, like people don't even drink water. I'm like, you gotta drink water. Like this is the basics, you know? So, um, I'm also really passionate about putting a spotlight on health and fitness because it's not just the physical gain, it's the mental gain too. Do you think your creativity was enhanced by your increased need for adaptation due to the Hanhart's disease? I, I do. I think um, not even just for me, right, Hanhart, but I think in general, challenges force you to be creative. You know, challenges and trials and problems force you to be adaptive, right? Because we all have to adapt in some sort of way. It's not just people with limb different differences, right? Like we all have to adapt in our day-to-day life and our personal life and in our business life. Um, I just think that it ad- adapting was introduced to me more. Uh, adaption was introduced to me earlier in my life and maybe at a more aggressive way because it was like, that was it. You know, it was like all adaptions, right? Like everything was adapting, like how I get on a chair, how I put my clothes on, how I brush my teeth. Like everything was just like forced me to be creative. Um, but we all have that creative power inside of us. And how we unleash that is just exercising the muscle of like stepping into uncomfortable situations, um, you know, approaching challenges as problems, um, viewing them as more of like gifts and opportunities rather than the negative aspects of challenges and problems, right? And it's also... It's also a power of language. You know, our language is power. And so, for example, you know, the majority of humans and entrepreneurs, we always start off with the word can't, which is not only disempowering, but it doesn't allow our brain to stimulate solutions. We're already blocking off the power. And so, you know, I always talk about the how, but what's more and more, what's even more powerful than the how is actually the why. And so if you have a great enough why, if you have something that pulls you, like you don't really need to know how to do it. You'll find a way, right? If the why is powerful enough, the how will show itself, right? And so like some of my whys was to be independent or some of my whys was to be that skateboarder or some of my whys was to be that wrestler. And so that was the thing that pulled me to figure out the how or the how it kind of just, you just fall into it because that why is just so, nothing's going to stop me because this why is so powerful, right? Um, so I think for anyone, um, yeah, Hanhart syndrome may have introduced adapting and challenges and problem and solution earlier and more aggressive, but we all have that power. We just got to tap into it. 
What is your best piece of advice for adapting and overcoming in life? So adapting and overcoming, um, like I said, you can start with the how, but I mean, really the why. Um, like ask yourself, you know, we kind of get caught up in the motions of life and we forget why we're working or why we get out of bed. So really get clear and concise on your why. Um, clarity is power. So if you really have a, a, a clear vision of why you're doing something, then you're more compelled to figure out the how, right? Or to figure out how to overcome that um, because you know on the other side of that challenge is so much sweeter than the, the, the BS you're going to go through. And so um, I think the way to start is step into uncomfortable situations more, you know, step into things that you're not prepared for um, because it's like exercising a muscle. You know, we, I just had a, I just had a coaching call and um, this girl, she, she had, you know, fear of public speaking, which is one of the biggest fears. And then she started doing Facebook lives. And then next thing you know, she's five lives in 10 lives in now she's comfortable on Facebook live. And now she's moving it to, you know, in person talks, right. And it's because we exercise the muscle, but you'll never be able to adapt and overcome or um, problem and solution if, if you don't put yourselves in problems or don't seek out the problems in your business or in your personal life. Right. And so I would say just, you know, create an anchor when things are, when you feel nervous, when you feel, when you feel scared or, or, or not prepared about something, step into that moment or commit to it because um, you're going to find out that you're going to learn all the things you need to learn to step into that moment, right? So you don't fail because we don't want to fail. Um, and, and it holds you accountable. And also the most important thing it does is it builds self-confidence. Um, you know, a big gap is people struggle with confidence and how you, how you gain confidence is you commit to things and you follow through, you know, so you don't diminish the way that you view yourself, you don't diminish the, your work ethic, yourself, your word, which is the most important thing as humans is what we have is our own word, right? It's very powerful. And so if you commit to your, if you commit to things and follow through, you'll gain confidence, you'll gain pep in your step because you know who you are and you're stepping into that new identity. And so what I would say is start committing to things or when things are uncomfortable, be like, I got to do it now. Like I got to do it because it's uncomfortable and I know it's going to grow me. Right. And that will start exercising the muscle of, you know, pivoting, adapting and overcoming. And most importantly, you know, seeking the uncomfortable moments because you know, there's massive growth in them. Why is a bad mindset the biggest disability somebody can have? So, yeah, that's a quote. I like the way you put it. The, the quote I tell people is over the 23 years of my life, I realized it's not the physical body that holds us back, but the biggest disability you can have is a bad mindset. And what I mean by that is I'm going to get a little weird here, but I look at the world as the matrix. Like I look at it as a game, man. And the thing is, the majority of people don't realize that they're in control of the reality, that they're literally able to shape the reality through their intent being, being intent, being, having intent is very powerful. Um, your thoughts, your words, they don't, people don't realize the power in words when you speak them. Like I always catch people like the last coaching call. She was like, um, she's like, what book are you reading? And I was like, I'm reading a book on investments and I know nothing about investments. That's why I'm, I'm learning about it. And she's like, yeah, I'm like stock dumb. I was like, you aren't stock dumb. I was like, you're stock learning. I was like, because there's a big difference. And every time that you speak that, every time you say I'm stock dumb, you reinforce that belief and you give it power. That's like little shit. People don't think that's a big deal, but language is a massive deal. The way we talk or talk to ourselves, the way we talk to other people literally sculpts, um, you know, interactions or conversations, the way we feel about ourselves, like language is super powerful. And so these are the little techniques that are in your mind, right? Catching your language, being self-aware of the words you use being self-aware of you speaking your affirmations, your incantations, you know, stepping in, into a new identity. Like for me, one of the incantations that I added was 
I am a tactical speaker. It was one of my limiting beliefs of like, I'm not tactical enough. I need to get more tactical. I need to have more content. And so now in my incantations, I start off, I am a tactical speaker. And then it's followed up. I'm a force for good. I'm a student of the game. I'm kind. Abundance flows through me. I'm decisive. I'm evolving as a leader. I'm becoming the man I'm meant to be. Now, at first, those beliefs may not register, right? Because you're not fully that person. But when you continuously do that with repetition and you embody it, you embody it with your state, you embody it with your physiology, with emotion, you, you start sculpting your identity. You start sculpting your DNA, the, the person that you're becoming, right? And so that's what I mean about the biggest disabilities of bad mindset is my programming. Like people can see me on the street and say, oh, oh you know, he's disabled. But when we compare mindsets, now I'm the one who's able. Like my programming is far more superior because I practice it. I've realized the power of the mind. I've realized that it's not the physical body, but it's the way that I view the world. It's the way that I think about situations. It's the way that I treat people with compassion. Like these are all little mindset tricks. And, and I think just people are looking for mechanics. 20% of business is mechanics. Everybody can, everybody can tell you the mechanics and the way to build a business, but 80% of business is psychology. It's, it's the way that you operate. It's the way your clients operate. It's the way you view your customers. It's the way the customer experience. It, it's like, it's so much more than mechanics, bro. It's like our programming. And also, you know, getting into the matrix and the world is like, we are primed every single day through our phones, through the news, through the media, through everything, we're primed. There's so much negativity on the news. You turn on TV, it's negative. You turn on Instagram, now you're primed to compare and say, oh, well, I'm not successful because that guy's got the boat and that guy's got the house. And what am I doing, right? It's, it's, the comparison epidemic is real. And so all around us, we are primed. And that's why even waking up and being very self-aware of the content you're ingesting, the people you're talking to, the people you're interacting to, um, the emails you're looking at trigger you and then you treat a coworker a certain way because you got pissed off at an email that primed you 30 minutes before, right? Like people aren't aware of that. And so I'm trying to spread light on the fact that psychology is the biggest, the most important thing. And that goes down to your programming, who you let into your life, what you let into your life, what you're listening to, what you're watching and who you're hanging around with. What advice do you have for handling social anxiety, fear of judgment, stage fright and other fears surrounding what other people think? So the big thing about that is perfect example on that coaching call prior um, fear of public speaking. If you're going on stage or you're going to talk to people and you're focused on what my hair looks like or what are they going to think of me or what if I mess up my words, then you're focused on the wrong thing. You're focused on yourself and suffering only happens when one is only focused on themselves. And so when you're in your head, you're dead as well. When you're in your heart, you're smart. I tell people when you go on stage or you're networking or you're connecting with people, if you're speaking from your heart and you're authentic and genuine, you can't lose because people's bullshit meters are very good nowadays and they know when you're BSing. And so when you're that authentic, genuine person and you're speaking from the heart, you always win because there's not many people like that. And that's what the world needs. Um, and so for, for social anxiety, for um, lack of self-esteem or feeling not, they're not good enough, you're focused on the wrong thing. You know, like it, it's got to go from from me to we. It's got to always be we. Like when you show up in a conversation, how can you just show up for them the best you can? How can you be present? How can you just lock eyes and really listen to everything they're saying and not be distracted by your phone and looking out what's the window? People will feel that and you'll be connected with them. You don't even you don't even have to say anything to connect with people nowadays. They just want presence. People just want to feel heard. They want to feel cared for and they want to be treated like people. And so my my advice for people would be 
you got to exercise the muscle. If it's uncomfortable, do it. Do it until it's not it, until it's comfortable, until it's second nature, until it's until you enjoy it. Um, and to get a little harsher, the the name of the game is is relationships in business and personal. It's all about relationships. And so if you can't if you can't network, if you can't talk to people, then you got to exercise that muscle because you are going to be getting passed up in business and your personal life. And that's coming from a brother to a brother, a brother to a sister standpoint, right? Um, and so exercise the muscle. If it's uncomfortable, create that anchor and step into that moment and um, be present with people, you know, in the moment when all our, you know, all our attentions on phones and the screens and the newspaper, whatever it may be, um, you will stand out when you lock eyes with someone, eye contact, when you exercise eye contact, when you exercise being present, when you exercise the ability to listen and not open your mouth, that that's the key. And if it's uncomfortable, do it until it's comfortable. I'm just trying to make it all make sense. Me. More. You. No. Podcast.